Welcome back to the Grand Valley Church Podcast, a community of faith in Brandon, Manitoba. We hope this message helps you meet Jesus and grow in faith. So for a couple of weeks now, we've been in a sermon series called Overwhelmed, When Too Much is Too Much. And we've been talking about burnout. We've been talking about what are the things that, that kind of get to us in terms of when we're stressed, when we're overwhelmed, and how that affects us. And we've also been talking about in terms of how it can affect our relationship with God at the same time. And one of the things that, that we've been talking about through this whole series and what we started with was this term of triage. We talked about burnout in terms of how do we first diagnose when we're getting burnt out. And we talked about this in terms of saying, hey, we didn't get burnt out in one day. And so we aren't going to fix it in one day, but it's a starting point to recognize how we can start making changes. And one of the pieces we talked about in that first week about triage is what we were just singing about, how God's deep love for us in, in ways that to us seems reckless of what God did so that he could redeem and be in a relationship with us, is part of why God at such a deep level wants to heal us from things like burnout. Why he wants to heal us from the wounds and the things that separate us from him. He chases after us. And so that was our first week. We talked about triage. How do we diagnose it and recognize it? And then last week, we were talking about critical care. What are the things that we need to do when we recognize that we are in the midst of burnout? If you start realizing, you know, I'm in that spot where I'm overwhelmed, where my stress level is beyond what I can handle, what are the first couple things that we need to do and the steps and the tools we can have to start a movement away from going deeper into burnout and towards health? And we talked about this kind of this key phrase we wanted us to remember, recovery from burnout is possible, but it requires making changes. You know, it's not just about working harder on what we're already doing. We actually have to choose to work differently, to do something that we haven't tried before. Now, today we're, we're borrowing a medical term again, and we're going to be talking about treatment. We're going to say, what are the specific changes that will take us from burnout and into a place of health? So that's what we're going to dwell on, we're going to focus on today. Now, if you're here and you're saying, you know, I'm not feeling burnt out, you know, life is actually good right now. These three things um, that we're going to talk about today, these three changes, just stick them in your tool belt. Just hold on to them. And, and you know, you might realize that actually I want to start making some changes in these areas because it'll give you a head start on next week when we talk about how do we live a burnout-proof life? How do we rehabilitate ourselves to a place where burnout can't happen and can't affect us? And so today we're talking about three changes Now, you might not need all three of these changes, and you actually might say, you know, I need to do them in a different order than the way that we're going to talk through them today. But we're going to start with this change. How do we recognize our limits? Now, a limit is something different than the boundary that we talked about last week, but limits and boundaries are kind of similar. See, a boundary is something that we set up to say, this is what I need to say no to. It's kind of like creating a rule for yourself, like, you know, I'm only going to schedule this many meetings per week. That's a boundary. It's kind of a rule. But a limit is talking about what's the pace that we can sustain over time. Now, I want to, I want to, is, if, is anyone here like a good long distance runner, likes to run, you know, 5Ks, you know, you could just hop out of here, run a 5K, no problem. Okay. I'm not one of those people. We got a few of you like that. So you're going to laugh at some of my pace numbers I'm going to share here because last fall, 
and we're, Josh says we're starting it up soon. We have a Dads with Strollers running club. So keep in mind, I'm pushing a stroller on this number, okay? My, my pace, I pulled it up on my workout app, nine and a half minute kilometer. That's pretty good, right? You know, some of you that don't know running, just nod your head. Yeah, that's a good number. Anyone who does run, you know, you can mock me afterwards. But that's the thing. I can run a nine and a half kilometer pace, which is, let's be honest, that's just slightly faster than a brisk walk, just slightly faster. But now if I'm running beside, say, Josh or Alistair, when they're there, like, you know, there's this thing that happens where I'm slightly competitive, you know, just slightly competitive. I want to match his pace. Now I can match Josh's pace if he's setting the pace for about 50 meters, you know, maybe a hundred if, if I'm generous on myself. I can match his pace for a little while. But eventually, you know, I'm just going to collapse and the stroller with Olivia is just going to keep rolling off and, you know, going on without me. But here's the thing. A boundary would say, when I go running, I'm only going to run 3K. I'm going to run 3K, then I'm going to stop. A limit says, you know, when I run, I'm going to run my nine-minute pace. And if I run that pace, I could go further than three kilometers. See, a limit is about recognizing your limits, is about recognizing what's the pace that we can handle, what's the rate that we can do something, whether that's you know, our, our extra kind of curricular commitments, whether that's our work pace, how many projects we take on, you know, all those kinds of things. What's our pace of what we can actually happen? See, if I want to go far, and if I want to run a distance, I need to keep myself at a measured pace so that I have the energy to run the distance I want to run. See, if I have a boundary without a limit, and I say my boundary is, is you know, three kilometers, I'm not going to run more than three kilometers, I could still wipe myself out after like 300 meters if I try to go flat out sprint. If I don't watch my pace, the boundary isn't going to help me. But at the same point, if I say, you know, I've got a good pace, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch my limit, but I'm not going to watch my boundary, I could say, you know, I'm going to run that nine minute kilometer, but I'm just going to keep going, I'm not going to stop. You know, eventually, you know, someone's going to find me collapsed on a jogging path around Brandon. You know, I'm still going to wipe myself out and burn myself out if I run a pace without a limit. So a limit is about saying, what can we sustain for a long period of time? What's the pace? What's the rate? What can we sustain? Now, there's this this myth, this kind of lie in our culture that every limit is a weakness and we should break it. You know, maybe if, you, uh, if, if you're like me, you kind of grew up through the 90s, there was a clothing brand for a while that was like no fear, no limits, like just across the front of every single shirt, like just no limits. You know, that's that myth of saying that if I have no limits, if I have no fear, if I have no weaknesses, I can do more. But the truth is, our limits actually let us achieve more in the long run. Our limits are about not burning ourselves out. And if we think that a limit is a weakness... Um, I want to take you to 2 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthian church and he's talking about this experience he has. He says, So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. You know, he never says what this thorn in his flesh was, but it was something that was hindering him. It was something that was preventing him from achieving what he thought he should be able to do. It was a limit. It was something that blocked him. And so what happened is three different times, Paul says this, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time, 
God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. See, Paul asked for this thorn, whatever this hindrance was, to be taken away. But God kept saying, no. Paul had to learn something from God in this moment. He had to learn to deal with his limit. So each time God said to him, no, I'm not going to heal whatever this thorn in his flesh was. God says, no, my grace is sufficient. See, Paul's weakness, this limit, this thorn in his flesh, it did something. And then Paul recognized this. And so in the last part of it, he says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. He's recognizing that because he has this limit, that everything he does is actually because of God being able to work through him. No one could point to Paul and say, you know, you did your your journeys where you planted churches and where you wrote letters and the the hardships he endured. You did that just on human strength. Paul would point to this thorn in his flesh, whatever it was, and say, no, I can't do that myself. I'm doing that because God is in me, because the power of Christ is working in him, because the Holy Spirit was with Paul. See, having this limit... And Paul recognizing what was sustainable for him was about Paul recognizing that his pace wouldn't have been sustainable. You know, if, if, let's say for a moment, if God did take away this thorn in, his fresh, thorn in his flesh, what Paul would have probably done is burnt himself out. He wouldn't have known when to stop, when to say, no, I've traveled far enough today, I need to rest so that tomorrow I can be at my best. See, when we have limits... They help us set a sustainable pace. And so I want to put up the the first question there. Crystal, if you can put up the first question for me. There's a question I have here saying, what are the warning signs? What are the warning signs that that our pace is unsustainable? What are the warning signs that we might be doing things in ways that, yeah, we might have good boundaries, but our pace is getting out of control? Now, Let's just dwell on that just for a second. I just want you to think about this. Is my pace sustainable right now? And if the first thought that pops in your head is, no, it's not, you know, that means, okay, we've got to make some changes. It's time to recognize what that limit is. Now, for some of you sitting here, you might ask, is my pace sustainable? And immediately go, yeah, it's totally sustainable. I'm doing great. Now, here's where the difficult part comes in. Is your pace maybe too sustainable? See, We've already established my running pace is a blistering nine and a half minutes per kilometer. Now, if I chose to say, I'm going to go run, but you know, I'm just going to hold myself at like a 10 and a half or an 11 minute per kilometer, which is really just walking, you know, I'm out for a good walk. If I hold myself at that pace of run of walking a 10 minute kilometer, I'm never going to improve. I may be able to go further, but if someone says, hey, let's go run the spring uh, 5k run at a 10 minute pace, I'm expecting 50 minutes to do that run. Now, if I slowly start to push myself, if I start to say, no, you know, this time when I run, I'm going to push myself a little further. I'm going to creep that nine, nine and a half to a nine, and then nine, and a, nine to an eight and a half. What I'm doing is I'm stretching my, my limits an appropriate amount. And this leads us to the second change that sometimes we have to make to treat our burnout, is we actually have to explore how do we raise our capacity How do we actually challenge ourselves appropriately to raise our capacity and raise what we're able to do? 
Because sometimes our burnout is, yeah, we've overcommitted ourselves. We've pushed ourselves too far. We've got ourselves worn out. But sometimes our burnout comes because we're actually, you know, we're holding ourselves back too much and we can't actually do what we want and what God's called us to do because we're holding ourselves back intentionally. And so there's two ways that we can raise our capacity if we want to challenge ourselves this way. And we're going to talk about them here. There's training and there's endurance. And so training is, you know, with the running metaphor, it's easy. I just got to do it more. If I do it more, I'll be able to match the pace that I want to. And in fact, a little later on, Paul was writing to Timothy. And Timothy was kind of Paul's protege. Paul had been mentoring Timothy. And Paul was setting Timothy, this kind of younger guy, he was setting him up to basically be the leader of a whole group of churches in an area called Ephesus. And Paul wrote two letters to Timothy to kind of encourage and coach him. And in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8 and 9, Paul tells Timothy this. He says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. You know, Paul's encouraging Timothy you know, even though he's already in this position where he's leading a whole group of churches, Paul's telling him, you know, you've got to keep training. Training for godliness. You've got to train to be more like Christ. You've got to train to push yourself further than where you're at right now. You know, in fact, that's one of the reasons why at our church, you know, our, our mission is we want to help people meet Jesus and grow in faith. And we talk about growing in faith because we recognize that every one of us is on a trajectory. Every one of us is on a journey. It's not about have we arrived somewhere, but it's what's the direction we're heading in and are we actually moving towards it tangibly? And so training is about this. Now, one of the things I'm doing this year is I kind of picked a couple like goals that I wanted to work on. I shared last year how I was trying to build this kind of fixed calendar thing to kind of be in better kind of control and better schedule how, schedule how I do things. And another thing I've been working on is, is for a lot of years, I've really focused on efficiency. What's the most efficient I can be at any task I have to do? And I started to realize, it was actually a blog post I read, that, that efficiency doesn't always get you to the goal. Effectiveness does. And so I've been trying to change my mindset this year of saying, instead of just doing something the most efficient way, how do I do it in the most effective way that actually moves our mission and moves our goal as a church forward? Or how do I actually... Make sure that I'm focusing on the tangible steps. Now, efficiency is part of that. But I've been asking this question of what's effective? What actually helps me make these tangible steps forward in the goal that I'm trying to set? And so we said the first way of raising our capacity is training. The second one is endurance. Now, endurance happens when we endure an appropriate level of stress because the next time we actually handle it better. And so if we go to the very next verse of what Paul's telling Timothy, he says, this is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God who's the savior of all people and particularly of all believers. And there's, there's multiple times through these two letters to Timothy where, where Paul is encouraging Timothy to, to, to work hard, to push forward, to take the steps he needs to take in leading this group of churches. See, when we endure an appropriate level of stress, and the key thing is an appropriate level of stress, we actually do better work. Research has proven time and time again that if we, if we actually are at an appropriate level of challenge in our jobs, in our home life, in our, you know, whatever it is we're taking on, if we endure an appropriate level of challenge, we actually are more creative 
and we're more effective at what we're trying to do. But the key point is, so if this is my like base level capacity, to find out what that appropriate level of challenge is that will actually bring out the more creative, the more effective side of who I am. Now, if you're sitting and this, is, this would be normal, appropriate, and then up here is where you feel you're, you are, you've got to do something to bring that down. That's that recognizing your limits, setting your capacity. But if you're sitting at this where you, know, you say your job, your, your home life, um, your family is just an, an appropriate level, or maybe you're sitting, you know, this would be appropriate, but I'm just down here. It's okay to be there for a season. Don't get me wrong. But if you constantly stay at this below challenge area, what happens is our limit slowly comes down and that becomes our limit. That becomes what we're capable of. And so Paul is challenging Timothy here, saying work hard, continue to struggle. He's recognizing that what Timothy is doing is difficult. It's hard. Timothy's going to face daily challenges and and situations that he's not going to know how to handle. But Paul's challenging him to say you've got to raise that capacity with this. And why? Because there's hope. Have hope that this endurance will draw you closer to God. Because this this, this verse sums up our whole mission too. Our hope is in the living God who is the Savior of all people and particularly of the believers. We want to share the hope of who Christ is with everyone. That's our goal. That's why we're here. We want to share the, the beauty of God's love that we were singing about just a few minutes before with everyone we sometimes have to raise our capacity if we're going to take steps forward in that mission. And so I want to ask this second question. What's a step, just a single one, what's a step you could take to stretch your limits and raise your capacity? What's a step you could take that would challenge you to step forward in that? And we're going to come back to these two questions and you're free to respond uh, through the app and we're going to talk about them together before we wrap up. I want to talk about a third challenge, or a third change, sorry, a third change to make. And this one, this one's different than everything we've talked about in our sermon series so far, because we've been really focusing on what are the practical, helpful steps that will help us as a community move out of burnout and into health. And all of these have been tangible outward steps. Now for this one, for our our change number three we're going to talk about is something different because it's, it's going internal. It means we've got to, we're going to, we're going to take a moment, we've got to look at our own motivations and our desires so this might get a little uncomfortable and that's okay but it can reveal some stuff to us as we ask these questions because the third change is to uncover the root issues behind our burnout what are the root reasons of why now why is a difficult question to ask because why means we have to say this why do i feel the need to blow past the warning signs and push myself into a place where I'm overcommitted and burnt out. Why? Why do I push past that? Why do we feel this need to to go past our warning signs and put ourselves in a situation where we're overcommitted, where we're overstretched, and we push ourselves toward burnout? Because this why question gets to the motivation. It gets to the why. Why do I feel the desire to say yes to these things? And there's... This isn't an exhaustive list, but I want to pull up a couple ones that we're going to look at together. What are some common reasons we get burnt out? Sometimes it's simple. We just overcommit ourselves. Maybe we have this desire where we want to please other people, so we want to say yes to whatever they're asking us about. Maybe we've refused help where someone said, hey, can I help you with that project? You're like, no, I've got it. I can handle it. 
But really, you know, internally, the answer to that is, no, I should have said yes to, to help. And that's what we talked about previously, is how do we ask for help? Now, here's a big one. Is our identity tied to our work? Is there a part of ourselves where we say, who I am is tied to what I achieve and what I do? Is my identity tied up in my work? Because if it is, if our, and, and this is common, this is nothing to be ashamed of, what happens is we get so focused on that, we start to lose other pieces of our identity. We start to lose the pieces of identity that are tied to our faith, that are tied to our relationship with God. We can lose the pieces of identity that tie us to our family and to our friends. And the last one is sometimes we get ourselves burnt out because we're trying to mask a different pain. There's something else that that we'd rather not deal with, and so we'd rather just throw ourselves into work. And this was one that was that was super common to me in the days before I was a pastor. When I was 19, I worked a full-time job, an evening job, and a weekend job. I worked, you know, three jobs. And what it was actually about was it was about ignoring everything else happening in my life. It was about ignoring the stress I was feeling from home. And I basically figured if I'm always at work, then I never have to be at home. And that was my coping method. It was an awful coping method. Like, it, 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 it was nearly physically destroying me. In fact, part of how I handled three jobs was, you know those like monster energy drinks or Rockstar, whatever they were? You know, like I, I was physically dependent on those like crazy. In fact, Nikki says when she met me, she said, you didn't have a regular heart rate. Like my heart rate would just yo-yo all the time because, you know, I was just, I was a mess. But I was trying to hide from a different pain that I wasn't willing to process yet. See, I want to go back right away to what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians. Because here's the truth. Underneath every one of these reasons why we get burnt out, there is either a lie or a wound. There's either a lie that we believe or there's a wound that has harmed us that we're trying to hide from. And the only way that we can replace a lie or a wound is with God's truth and his love. Truth replaces lie and love heals and repairs wounds. So I want to take us back to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Paul wrote this, he said, So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Now when you're in our Bibles, I just want to take a side note. The word Satan shouldn't even be capitalized. Satan isn't actually even a name. It's a term that means opponent. Satan shouldn't even get a name. He's just the opponent To keep Paul from being proud, to hinder him from what he was trying to do, the opponent was sending him this messenger that was tormenting him, that was feeding Paul a lie and a wound. And what did God do? When Paul went to God, he says, I need you to take this away from me. I need you to remove this from me. Instead, what God said was this, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. What God did is God replaced that lie and that wound with the truth of his love. Now, yes, Paul still had a limit. Paul still had barriers and things that he needed to learn how to work and deal with. But God's love and truth replaced that lie and that wound that was at the core of Paul's torment. And so I want to do something, and maybe this might, might make you think about something in your own life. I want to go back to that list of the common reasons why we get burnt out, but I've added something to it. I've added the most common lie 
that is often tied to each of these reasons why we overcommit ourselves. See, if we overcommit ourselves, the lie we believe is that I must achieve more. That somehow I'll be more significant or maybe I'll be respected if I achieve more. People-pleasing, if we feel this, this burning desire that we have to say yes to everything that someone asks us, you know, that's about saying we, we need approval from others. There's part of us that, that deeply wants that approval, that good job, job well done. You know, if we refuse help, sometimes that lie is you have to be self-sufficient. You have to handle this on your own. And we can believe these things without even knowing it. They can just sit in the back of our mind and say, you know, whenever someone tries to offer help or you think maybe I should ask that person for help, there's this, no, you should be self-sufficient. No, you can handle this on your own. Identity comes back to that sense of self. Is our sense of who we are tied up in our work or in our extracurriculars or tied up in one thing in a way that 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 one thing is replacing our relationship with God? And then the masking pain. Sometimes there's a wound. Sometimes there's a peace. Maybe it's an experience and it could be something that that you were completely innocent and it could be something that was maybe done to you. And, you know, in a room this size, we know that's the case. That there's people here that have, have experienced unimaginable trauma or even every one of us will have different things that were traumatic that we experienced that we have handled by burying and just pushing away. But those wounds can sometimes leave something in us behind and it can shift and change how we think without us even recognizing it. But when we do recognize it, there's an easy step we can do. It's not complex. It's not difficult. If a lie or a wound is at the root of our burnout, only God's truth and love can overcome it. And so it means we have to be willing to take that step. And when we start to recognize this, maybe there's, there's a lie under this. Maybe there's a wound under this. How do I ask God for help for this? And it's, it's, it doesn't have to be complex can be as simple as just saying, you know, God, I want to give this peace to you. I recognize that I tend to have this, you know, this thought that comes up every time that I don't want to have. God, I want to give that to you. Will you take it away? Will you replace it with truth? See, in Ephesians 2, another one of Paul's letters that he wrote to one of the churches that was around um, where Timothy was working, he said this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Look at that first part. For we are God's handiwork. God created each one of us with a purpose. He created each one of us because of his deep love overflowing and wanting to create. You know, the the song that, that the band ended with talks about how to us, it looks like God's love is reckless. Now, God isn't reckless in what he does. But to us, it seems absolutely crazy that God would come into the world to willfully be killed because what it would achieve is allow us to be in a deeper relationship with God. That's what it means when we're God's handiwork. God has a deep care and a deep love for us. And so when we uncover the root issues of our burnout or maybe it's of something else, as we uncover these these lies or these wounds, What I want you to hold on to is hold on to this, that we are God's handiwork. And God has prepared something for us to do. And so, 
as you recognize, you know, the next time that lie surfaces that you want, you have a choice to make. You can choose to remain in that lie or in that wound, or you can choose to say, God, I want to give this to you. Would you take it away and would you replace it? And the key part is to replace it. And where we can find that is, is to simple, what gives you a sense of meaning and purpose that's about others, not yourself? What gives you a sense of meaning and purpose? And maybe if you're in a relationship with God, if, if you've recognized that you want to live following the way that Jesus taught, is saying, what are the things we can do that are about living for God instead of living for ourselves? And in those pieces, that deep purpose that God has implanted in every one of us starts to get uncovered. See, sometimes that deep purpose is buried under layers of wounds and lies. You know, for me, at that time when I was working three jobs, I was just trying to hide from what I was not processing and what I needed to. And what ended up happening was that as God started to slowly strip and pull those away, this purpose piece started to grow. And I started to recognize that the path that my life was on was not where God wanted me to be. And so I had to make a choice. I could choose to rebury that purpose or I could choose to embrace that purpose, to embrace what God was trying to call me to do. See, when you find out what that purpose is, whatever that small piece that God has implanted in every one of us, that piece that gives us meaning, the piece that gives us fulfillment, what are we going to do? See, God didn't make us to burn out. God made each of us with a purpose. God didn't make us just to get burnt out. He made us for a purpose. And when we live in that purpose, we find the fulfillment and the hope and the love that only comes from Christ. So I'll ask this third question. What is one thing that you need to do this week to move from burnout towards health? So we've got three questions up there. I'm going to pull up the app on my, on my tablet here so we can track and we can follow along. If you're still typing something in, it'll pop up on my screen here. And let's just see kind of what are some of the things that, that, we're, that we're talking about. And so some of the warning signs, I'm just going to read out what's here. Feeling emotionally drained, irritable, anxious. Some of us might have just gone check, check, check. When I fall asleep at my desk at work, and don't pretend we haven't all done it. Yeah, that's a, that's a warning sign. Are you enjoyable to be around at work, at home? When you become short, frustrated, or angry over small things towards certain people, you might be on the way to burnout. And then one that, this is exactly what we're talking about next week. If there's no Sabbath, uh, a time of intentional rest. And that's what we're talking about next week, so I'm not going to dwell on that one right now. Let's go to our second question, then we're going to open it up to, to add, where we say, what's a step you could take to stretch your limits and raise your capacity? Um, and so Mac, I don't know where Mac is. Mac's got a microphone. If you want to, to share, add something, just throw up your hand. Mac's going to bring you the microphone. But what's a step you could take to stretch your limits and raise your capacity? Anyone have maybe something that you're thinking about yourself that you'd like to share? Some of the ones that came in through the app is saying, you know, saying no, ask for help, spend more time in training for work, planning ahead, doing what I'm best at when I'm at my best. That's a big one. And then here's a good one. Praying for endurance in life and wisdom to find new ways to do so. We need to look at different ways that we can do things so we stretch ourselves. Stepping outside of your uh, comfort zone. Yeah, and again, it's that appropriate level of challenge. Sometimes we've got to go beyond our comfort zone 
to be in that appropriate level so that it stretches and pulls us up. Um, anyone else? What's, what's a step you could take to stretch your limits and raise your capacity? Anyone have further thoughts to share on that? So how about this third question? What's one step, that, what's one thing you need to do this week to move from burnout towards health? And some of the responses that came in here, take a step back, take a moment for myself, reevaluate the situation, see the importance of rest, declutter. <laughs> Here's one I should probably just do, go to bed earlier each night. Ask the effectiveness question. Here's, here's a big one. Find a scriptural truths to combat the lies of why the burnout, of why we burn out and meditate on that. Finding a piece of scripture, a piece of truth to hold on to in those moments when we feel like we're getting burnt out. Um, and then someone here, I think they might be teasing me, says, go for a run. <laughs> Josh says we're starting up probably next week or sometime soon. All right. You don't have to have a stroller. It's an in- open invite. Anyways, how about for you? Is there anything more you want to, something you want to share about what's a step to take this week? Yeah. Yeah, identify what is that lie? Ask that question. Why am I prone to burnout? Why am I pushing? And, and it doesn't have to be about burnout. Maybe it's like, you know, being short tempered or, you know, being judgmental. You can ask, you know, why am I acting, you know, fill in the blank? And that starts to uncover those, those lie or that, uh, that wound piece in there. Any, any last thoughts? Give kind of one more shot if someone wants to speak up and add something. Um, I know for me personally, whenever I um, am feeling burnt out or, or overwhelmed or overscheduled, I like to um, do something that I trick myself into believing is is going to build me up again, and it's and it's not. So most of those things are like staring at my phone for like two hours straight in the evening after the kids have gone to bed. I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is peaceful. This is great. And then after that, I feel just as overwhelmed because it's not building into me. It's almost taking away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, there's been a couple times, not, not too many, but when Nikki's been away, like my wife's been away with, with the kids, I'm like, like, I love my kids, I love my wife, but I get to have some like solid like Steve time. I'm going to, like, crush a whole series on Netflix for, like, the night that she's gone or whatever. <laughs> and because I'm tired and, and, like, work is getting me down and whatever else is getting me down, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat terrible food and I'm just going to just watch a whole series. And then when, when my family comes back, I'm, like, more drained than I was before they left. And so I guess part of it for me is... is um, praying for the wisdom to, to decide what are the things that build into our life that will give us that sense of peace and, and what, what fights the, um, the, the burnout um, rather than the things that we think are good for us but are not as good for us. And for each person, it's going to be something different. Yeah, and that's a, that's a key point is sometimes the things that we think will address our burnout will actually, it, it's really just about delaying it and doesn't actually address or get to those root causes. So thanks for sharing that. That's a great example. And, and yeah, I've been there too of, uh, of, of saying, you know, I'm going to do this thing that's going to help me feel better, but really it doesn't at all. So 
what we've talked about today is three changes. Three changes that can, if we make these changes, we can move from a state of being burnt out or overwhelmed uh, or anxious or stressed, and we can move towards health. You know, we got to start with, we got to recognize our limits, recognize the pace of what's sustainable. Sometimes, and, and this may not be for everyone, this is one of those ones where if you're, if you're in this situation where you say, you know, my pace is out of control, you know, you got to bring that pace down before you start to learn how to raise it. And so raising your capacity is something to say, how do I train myself on a longer term plan? How do I train myself to elevate my pace? to what actually lets me do what, what God's calling me to do, to, to, to live in that purpose of what God has for us. What helps us to actually do the things that we say are important to us, but we never seem to get around to? That's a capacity question. And the third piece, and this is one I, I really hope you spend some time thinking about and praying about this week. What's the root issue underneath it? What's the root cause underneath why we blow past the warning signs? Because in each of these weeks, we've had a question that's been about what are the warning signs of this? You know, what are the warning signs of burnout? What's the warning signs you're in the midst of it? What's a warning sign your pace is out of control? You know, those ones get the most responses. We know the warning signs. Every one of us does. So the question is, why do we blow past them? Why do we go right past the red flags? And so that's that, how do we uncover the root issues? And I want you to just dwell on a thought and hold this one this week. God didn't make us to burn out. God made each of us with a purpose. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for your deep love. That your love won't give up at tearing down whatever the walls, whatever the barriers, whatever the lies, whatever the wounds are that separate us from you. And God, this week as we focus on treatment, as we focus on what takes us out of burnout and into health, would we start to see that, that light shining through the mess that is your love and the purposes and the plans and the desires that you have for us? Father, I pray that we would each see even just a little glimmer of hope in what you have called us to be and what you've called us to do, that we'd see even a, a tiny percentage of how deep your love is for us. And that as we dwell on that, that whatever these things that are, on, that are covering it up, that are, are trying to hide that, that you would gently pull away, that you'd pull back the layers of whatever it is that's separating us from you. Father, I pray we would dwell on this thought that you have made us with a purpose. You didn't make us to burn out. And Father, as we go about this week, would you open our eyes to see opportunities where we can be a community of love and support for the people around us. That maybe we recognize in each other the ways that we can step in and help and help someone take that first step towards healing and health that's found in you. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Next week, folks, we are wrapping up this series with talking about rehabilitation. We're talking about what helps us live a burnout-proof life. So I hope uh, to see you back here next Sunday. Have a great week, folks. We hope this message helped you to take the next step in your faith journey. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us Sundays at 11 a.m. You can find out more about us by going to mygrandvalley.ca.